Hi, my name is Kirk Hamilton, and I am the host of the Staying Healthy Today Show. This is a show where we do interviews of people who are health professionals or people who are talking about some aspect of health. Uh, we review medical literature that support, supports nutrition, prevention, integrative medicine, and I also take case studies from the medical practice I work in. It's an integrative medicine practice that deals with more natural lifestyle approaches to health problems. And so today, today's topic is obesity, carbs, and the African diet. And we have a guest today who frequents Zambia for the last 14 years, Steve Kuhn. And I'm going to let Steve talk about uh, his why he's there, and then we'll get into the, the diet and go from there. So hi, Steve. Thanks for coming on the show today. Hi, Kirk. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about the African Hope Fund. Well, my wife Carol and I traveled to Africa about 15 years ago and on a vacation. And we saw a huge need there. And so about eight years ago, we started our nonprofit Africa Hope Fund. And it's primarily to educate the youth there and, uh, and also to work on conservation measures that will help preserve the natural resources that they have there, meaning the lions, the elephants, and other game that they have in the area, which draw in a lot of tourism into that area. So did, so did you start it because you saw a need in the, the children, or did you start it because you saw a need in preserving the animals and such in the environment? Good question. I, I, I really think it was a combination of both. We were naturally attracted to the kids in the villages that we visited and got to know them. Uh, we saw the deplorable condition of the, of the schools in the area. And then, of course, we were there on a safari, um, a photographic safari. And, uh, and, and then we just saw the natural beauty that they had and the, the prolific gain that they had in the area. So it was a combination of everything. So what makes Zambia unique, or why did you protect um, you know, go to that particular part of Africa? Well, we had traveled to a few other countries, you know, the, the year prior, and somebody said, well, you've got to try Zambia. There, it's, it's, it's not as well known as the, you know, Kenya that you hear about and other areas, Tanzania or wherever. And we went there, and the, the people were just so, so friendly, and the, the, the game was just, you know, huge herds of of elephants and, and huge prides of lions, and and um, and yet it wasn't quite as touristy of other areas, which is what we preferred. And yet we also saw this huge need there, as far as the the, the schools and the kids. And uh, so when we got there, we found the worst possible school in the area, and we thought, you know what, we I think we can do something here. A dollar there goes so so far, and um, we decided to get a little more serious about what we were trying to do. So was it if, if um, you helped the students, let's say, become more educated, they might want to preserve more of the animal environment or the ecology? Is, is that kind of the mix? Well, yeah, it's kind, it's kind of a mix. Um, the school that we became involved with, they had no certified teachers. It was just a few volunteer people that came together. They had no desks. They had no textbooks. And so now we've we've rebuilt the existing school. We've added four new classrooms. We've gone from 300 kids to 600 kids. And those kids that want to continue school, because after the seventh grade, it costs you know about $250 a year, and, and that's just not possible for most mm -hmm. people there. 
And so we have people primarily in the Sacramento area that want to sponsor a child to go to school for $250 a year or go off to college. We have kids now going to college that are coming back and, and working in this very area in conservation. And it costs merely $4,000, including room and board, to send a child there to go to college in Zambia. So a lot of benefits come from it. So before we get into the, the nutrition aspect of uh, the Zambian people, I want to say, what is the political climate there? You know, how, how stable is Zambia? Well, it's a very uh, safe, democratic country. Uh, you know, we took our 12- and 15-year-old nephews there about five years ago and um, felt very safe in traveling through the country. We wanted them to get a feel for Africa, not just being a tourist, but really getting a feel for the communities and, and, and the warmth of the people and how, how gracious they are. And, uh, and of course, the animals and, and all that they have to offer. But they're going through their challenges, too. I mean, we we have the challenges of, of, of poaching. And, uh, and I'm sure you've heard of the great news here recently that now the United States and China have, have come together and, and um, basically are banning the sale of ivory. Mm-hmm. So this has been a huge, huge impact on this area because people obviously want to come there to see the elephants, and yet we deal with the poaching. And so hopefully that's going to be coming to, a, to an end. And that's the type of work that we do is, is helping to um, preserve the, the elephants and the other animals in the area. And all part of what we give what the kids will give back into the area. Because with, without the tourism, without the animals, there's no education. There's less food in the area. And so it, it all complements one another. Well, let's, and again, go ahead. No, no, it's all right. Um, well, let's let's get into the the food then. I was curious, what is the, I don't know, one of the, the aside from tourism, is agriculture one of the biggest industries? Or, or what, is, what does the average person do for a living? Well, most of these people are farmers uh, they, they strictly live on the food that they produce themselves and so in Shima uh, which is a white corn based similar t- to our uh, grits but a little more um, uh, drier consistency uh, that is their their main staple like ours would be rice or potatoes and so they they, they grow a lot of corn um, and then the fresh vegetables and then um, bananas, mangoes, um, oranges, as far as fruit. So it's primarily a vegetarian diet, but those that are doing better will tend to have some chickens and some goats. But what I find most interesting is people over there are, are very lean, um, appear to look you know, very healthy. I mean, there are some health challenges, and that's a whole other subject we could spend a lot of time on. But... The vegetarian diet I see is the people that we know locally is the primary diet. Tell me, Steve, what the average uh, Zambian individual, let's say, well, let's take students, let's say. What, what does a student have for, let's say, what's, what's a typical breakfast for a family? Well, again, their main staple is in Shima, uh, which is the corn-based uh, staple. And they, for breakfast, would probably have enshima. And uh, and that's primarily what I see. You know, a lot of the kids eat. Would they boil it? Would they, would they boil it like in? in... Yeah, it's, it's boiled and becomes a thick consistency, and it gets to the point that it's they can put a ball of it in the palm of their hand, 
and then they take their 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 thumb and they put a little indentation in it. And typically, what they'll do is eat it just like that, or they'll take a tomato, garlic, and onion sautéed relish, and they'll they'll put it in there and eat, and eat it like that with their fingers. And what do they drink? Just water or juice or primarily just just water, which is is um, yeah just primarily water. Those that have more than just income derived from maybe selling a, a little bit of their vegetables, they might have the opportunity to be able to go into a little store, a roadside store, and, and pick up a juice or something. But primarily it's water and shima and fresh vegetables and fruit in the area. So is it the same thing for a, a midday meal, or do they have three meals a day? Is that how they a typical dietary structure is? Uh, you know, you know, so many of them. Some of them, I think, go by with just two meals a day. Uh-huh. I'm and some, I'm sure that, that are less. Uh, but where we do our work, there there are lodges that uh, take people out on on safaris, and so there tends to be a little bit more income there. So you're going to find some people that have chickens and goats and so forth because they have a a, a job at at the local lodge. Um, uh, they may be a guide or, or you know, working in the lodge in some capacity or another. So they may have access to some other food, but very seldom. I mean, it's when I say a roadside store, I mean, this is a little wood shack that maybe they have some some box drinks of some kind. Do they have a, a real luxury? Do they have a, a uh, let's say, do they have any staple kind of green vegetable or leafy vegetable or is it it's? Well, they have several kinds of lettuce, uh, carrots, onions, um, aubergine, which we call you know we call it eggplant, um, is is very popular, um, and uh, several different kinds of beans. So you have a protein source there besides you know the maybe the chicken and the goats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, are are most very lean? I'm sorry. Are are most of the individuals lean? Oh, very lean, unless they've taken on a Western diet, which most of the lodges cater to the, the tourist, so you tend to have more of those foods coming from the Western diet, and uh, so you immediately notice those people that are working at a, at a local NGO, non-government organization, or a local lodge, because they have access to this other food, and uh, so those people that have gained a bit of weight, you, you immediately assume that they are working in some other capacity than working in the field. Well, you know, that one of the reasons that when we were talking originally beforehand is that, you know, one of the most frequent questions I get in the practice is, uh, you know, I'm on a weight loss program and I got to get rid of my carbs. Well, the fact is, is that this traditional diet is a very high carbohydrate diet and people don't get fat. And so it's, it's, but they don't add, do they add a lot of oil? Do they add oil to their diet much? There is a little bit of oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't say how much, but there is, there is some. You do find fresh baked breads along the road. And what kind of grain is that? Is that a, is that a wheat? Or it's a, it, uh, I believe it's a local wheat. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. Um, how about, so the beans, how do they cook the beans? And what are they in a soup or are they mixed up with the hominy or grit or... Uh, it's, you know, pretty much the way that we cook them here, throwing them in a pot, letting them boil, and, and, and cooking them for a long period of time. Um, and, again, they, they may complement the, the, the enchima with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, at least that's what I do because I, I thoroughly enjoy it. The, 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 
beans and in shema and fresh vegetables. What kind of herbs? What, what kind of herbs and spices do they use? Or is there much? Primarily just salt and pepper. That, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I've never asked that question. I've never perceived that there's anything else other than salt and pepper. Uh, not to say that there isn't, but I don't recall anything else. Let's see. There, there must be some, Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not much of a cook myself when it comes to well, determining spices and such. <laughs> but um, I, uh, I go over there, and I, I pretty much take on the local diet, and it's beans and do you drop and, Do you drop a few pounds when you go over there? Oh, definitely. definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy to come back home and start in our Western diet here, and Carol and, my, and I will, will start chastising each other for starting to dip into those things that we know aren't good for us. And, uh, maybe, yeah. we'll, maybe we'll start a weight loss clinic and send everybody to Zambia to, to eat the diet there. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm going to slide into a little something else. We, we take people over there because we've had so many people say, geez, we'd love to come over and see the work you do and go on safari. And so every other year we take people on safari. And, uh, and, and, and that's, that's one of the things that's happened is they can't – we've had people do repeat trips because they go back there to lose some weight and, <laughs> and enjoy the, the, the fantastic local food. So, uh, God, that's going to be a new one for me. I'm saying that if you don't lose weight, I'm going to send you to Zambia. That's good. There we go. There's another, there's another avenue there we can attract some people <laughs> on our trips. It's not just going on safari but going on a diet to Africa. That's hysterical. You know, I, but the reason, one of the reasons I brought this up aside from the carb thing I get asked every day is that I, I'm, a, I'm a dancer and, and I was dancing with a friend from the Congo and she was very lean. And so I said, what is a typical Congonese diet? You know, and, and they have a staple green and they have a, some staple grain. I think it was a corn-based thing. And, and I said, well, do you eat meat? And she goes, yeah, we eat meat. And, and she goes, but one chicken would feed a family of 10. I mean, that's like, that's, you know, I mean, I used to eat a whole chicken 30 years ago by myself. So that's like one yeah, piece, yeah. you know. So, you know, we can live without the, the animal food and we'd probably be better off or at least considerably reduce it. Well, is there anything more you'd like to say about, you know, your work and what you do? Because I, I really, you know, I hope the, the, the listener has gotten the perspective that, you know, traditional people, when they eat close to the ground and Usually, usually it's mostly a type of a carbohydrate or starch-based diet with some vegetables and fruit, a um, little bit of animal food. They get lean, and uh, yeah. that's part of the issue. So, is there and they th- do have a lot of greens over there. They have they have a chard. I don't remember the local name on it. They have a type of chard that they they cook up quite a bit of uh, spinach-type greens that they eat quite a bit of. That's that's a main staple as well. So, uh, I think they eat very very healthy. And uh, it's, it's, we've had some comical conversations around tables at night with the local guides and, and asking them how they feel about the Western diet. And pretty much the, the, the comment that we hear is they can't wait to go on break so they can go home and, and have, have their own you know, traditional food. Uh, and, uh, is, um, is water purification an issue there? You kinda... It's a huge, huge, well, huge issue. You know, I, I need to... One of my past interviews with was Dr. Bob Metcalf from Sacramento State University, and he's he's world renowned for water purification and bringing solar purification around the world. And he happens to be an expert here in town, and um, so maybe there's a connect there. But he he goes all over the world, and uh, well, Bob, we've met, we know Bob, and and we've taken over some of his uh, purification oh, uh, test kits, 
and we've shared them over there, to, and they are using them to test the, the few wells in the area. And right now we're doing a campaign to raise funds to uh, dig more wells over there because right now they are in a drought. They're in a drought like Sacramento's in a drought, like Northern California is. And so there's a few wells in the area, but otherwise the people dig down into the riverbeds. And so there's a lot of waterborne diseases over right. there that are re- posing a lot of problems. And so uh, Bob Metcalf and and, and uh, others have, have really helped in the area. And so now we're looking to drill more wells because their high-end-dug wells are just too shallow. And well, I've always thought that the ultimate in preventive medicine would be to keep the diet of traditional cultures. Then they don't get heart disease, diabetes, etc. But then... If we could clean up the water, then we could keep the infectious diseases away, and and then you know those people have a great quality of life unless they got modernized, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so one of the things that we're they're working over there with, and um, Africa Hope Fund does. That's what we do is we raise funds here in Sacramento and elsewhere to help with the water situation over there, the schools, and educating the kids. Is there a website, um, Steve, that uh, Afri- people can go to? You bet, AfricaHopeFund.org. And on there you'll find um, videos and photos and the work that we do, uh, ways that you can sponsor kids. Um, our, our, new, our next fundraiser coming ne- next September 18th, 2016, um, that we have here in Sacramento, a great event. Uh, and, uh, yeah, th- there's lots of fun stuff to look at there. We'd, we'd love to have people look at africahopefund.org and see what we're doing. And if they'd like, you know, please, please help us out. We're doing as much as we can over there and helping as many kids as we can because it, it really does make a difference. Even though it's all the way over in Africa, it helps all of us. <laughs> well, maybe the the next industry will be a side tourism of weight loss. We'll send a weight loss program over there. <laughs> Just going to Africa will do that, but you won't go hungry. Believe me, the food is, the food is excellent. So. I'm sure it is. Well, my name is Kirk Hamilton. This is the Staying Healthy Today show. You can go to my website, stayinghealthytoday.com, and you can sign up for the podcast there, either Android phone or an iPhone, and you can get it in iTunes. Um, you can also sign up for my health letter, uh, health, Kirk's Healthy Living Tips, and I have a healthy living course at healthylivingforbusypeople.com. But uh, get on my mailing list, and we'll talk to you soon, and you have a fabulous day. And thanks again, Steve. Thank you, Kirk. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.